Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. I'm Stephen Means, and that's Andrew Gillis, and this is your Monday pod, and this is a recruiting pod. And it's been about a week since we've done a recruiting pod, and there has been some news developments that have happened in between really those four and like 10 days since we did our last recruiting pod. Up top of everything, though, on Saturday, Carter Lowe, the number 79 player and the number nine offensive tackle out of Whitmer Height in Toledo, committed to Ohio State. We had just did a pod, Andrew, talking about the defensive side of the ball and how great they've been recruiting lately. And now Ohio State offensive side of the recruiting has picked up its second top 100 recruit. And Carter Lowe, what is Ohio State getting in that player and what does he mean for the class? Yeah, so, you know, he's he's a big offensive tackle out of Toledo. Um, you know, this was a kid. I went up and I saw him during the course of the season. Um, it was kind of funny. There are a couple of times throughout the year where I kind of got uh, I kind of got screwed in terms of going to see a good play. Uh, went and saw Carter Lowe, and it poured down rain, and he played like four series because uh, his team was up pretty big. But the reason that he only played four series was because his team was really good. He goes to Whitmer High School in the Toledo area. Um, he is a big boy. I mean, he's listed at 6'5", 290. I want to double check that. Um, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to have some measurements to see what Carter Lowe is at, because um, he is he is a big fella. But you know, you said it, seventy nine overall player in the class, number nine offensive tackle. This was a guy who was getting courted by the best of them: Tennessee, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia. You know, he didn't start playing football until a few years ago. So when I talked to him earlier in the year, one of the things that he kind of mentioned was. The Ohio State-Michigan thing is cool, but it doesn't have as much of an impact on me as it might, you know, somebody else who grew up a Buckeye fan or grew up a Michigan fan. So I can look at this with a fresh perspective. And I thought that that was a really interesting take um, from, a, from a high school kid who, again, you know, just kind of started recently playing football. But you add him to this class and you start to look around the room at what else could happen what else could be on the horizon and you start to see the makings of what could be a really special class for ohio state 
because for years, what what were the concerns with Ohio State, you know, recruiting that the quarterbacks and the receivers would just kind of buoy the rest of the class and the offensive line wouldn't be where it was and the defense wouldn't be where it was. Okay, we have a five star corner who's ranked number six in the country and the number two corner overall. You pulled him out of Texas. You have Zaheer Mathis, who's a four-star player, kind of borderline between four and five-star. He's a defensive end out of Philly. You have a four-star quarterback in Tavian St. Clair, who's kind of rocketing up the rankings and has been for a couple of months. And then you add in Carter Lowe, who is a top 80 offensive lineman. You beat out some big-time schools to get him. Like This is just a, a big deal, and I feel like I say this a lot, but it's true for kind of what this means because he's not the he's not a five-star player. He's not the highest rated recruit on the offensive side of the ball, but Ohio State signed zero top 100 linemen in the 2024 class. They signed one in the 2023 class and that was Luke Montgomery who was number 92 and they signed none in 2022. So you've signed one top 100 lineman in the previous 3 cycles. The offensive line was pretty good in 2022. You know, nobody really noticed in 2022. You had Paris Johnson, who was the, you know, OT number one in the NFL draft. You had Luke Whipler, who was uh, was like a later round NFL draft pick. You had Dewan Jones, who was a mid-round NFL draft pick. And he was kind of an athletic freak because he was, huge. I mean, you can attest to this. He's probably one of the biggest people you've ever seen. And that in and of itself is a big deal because... Now you add another top 100 lineman and you can start to map out what this class can look like and kind of the potential for where this class could go. Um, Ohio State's, they're interested in another top 100 lineman, Micah DeBose. He decommitted from, um, I'm trying to think was, it was uh, Alabama or Georgia he decommitted from um, earlier in the cycle. And it was Georgia he decommitted from earlier in the cycle. and. He's from Cleveland. Like he grew up in the Cleveland area and then moved down to Alabama. So that's a kid that Ohio State's after. Like you can you can start to see like okay, now you have this, you know, kind of linchpin piece on the offensive line and you might be able to go get another one or another two. That would be a huge deal for Ohio State's offensive line recruiting, especially because what we've talked about for the last, I don't know, handful of, handful of months, handful of years. So just to, from a recruiting perspective, once again, you mentioned the fact that they haven't had a top one at offensive lineman since Luke Montgomery in 2023. But Luke Montgomery's from Ohio, and you're expecting to get that guy. Then you go back to you know 2022, Degra Shibola was right on the verge of being a top 100 recruit. He's from Ohio. Donovan Jackson was in Texas, but he's got strong Ohio roots. Paris Johnson from Cincinnati, Ohio. Carter Lowe, big pickup. I don't want to take anything away from that, but it does feel like he still fits that mold of what we've seen Ohio State be able to do is that they're a highly rated offensive lineman in their backyard. They're, be, they're able to keep those guys home. You mentioned Micah DuBois as a guy with strong Ohio ties. He's from Cleveland, Ohio, but lives in Alabama. But does this at least get the ball rolling on the idea that in 2024, you could see a bigger offensive line class in terms of both numbers, but then also quality of players when you look at their offer sheet and what's potentially needed in this class? Yeah, I, I think so. Because, you know, I mentioned DeBose, you have Carter Lowe. Um, you know, you can Mason Short is kids out of Georgia. I know Georgia is going to be really, really tough to beat, but Ohio State's interested there. Um, you know, there are guys in this class, you know, Matty Augustine, he's a kid out of Connecticut that Ohio State's interested in. Like, there are guys that you can point to and say, like, 
all right, you can pull him in and you can pull him in and you can do this and you can do that. And you can start to map out a quantity, like the quantity of the class is good. And Carter Lowe kind of gives you this, not linchpin, but pillar, I guess, of an offensive line class. I've made this case multiple times when we talk about recruiting, especially along the offensive line, that recruiting rankings are not the be-all end-all. They're not the be-all end-all for any position, but I think you have a pretty good idea that Jeremiah Smith is going to be good. I think you have a pretty good idea that Devin Sanchez is going to be good. You know, like there are guys that you can look at the rankings and say like, that's probably about right. The offensive line, it's a lot more difficult to, to kind of judge because the offensive line is such a development position. When we talk about Carter Lowe joining Ohio State for the 2025 season, we don't mean Ohio State's 2025 offensive line got a boost. You know, we mean Ohio State's 2026 offensive line, maybe. Ohio State's 2027 offensive line. That's where you start to see the boost. So we're talking about an offensive line that's not going to be, you know, kind of benefited by Carter Lowe unless, you know, unless something crazy happens. And, you know, if he kind of sticks to a normal offensive line trajectory, that's not going to be kind of there for another two or three years. So when you look at the quality of offensive linemen, though, having a guy like that, it just allows you and it it allows you the freedom and the safety to go look around and say like, all right, we already have this. Where else can we get better? Is Loa true tackle and is he a left tackle yes. or a right tackle? If the answer to that is yes. Um, we'll have to see. Uh, he played left tackle at, at, uh, at Whitmer. Um, you know, like this is a guy who you look at kind of what he does and he's got the athleticism to move. And that was something that I really liked about him. Um, you know, when, um, you know, when I watched him play, you know, he can move around a little bit. He's got good bend, um, you know, just he fits the profile of a tackle. Now, I'm curious as to where he would fit. He, Like I said, he played left tackle in, in high school. Um, you know, does that mean that he has to play left tackle in college? No, it doesn't. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, maybe you like a left tackle better. Somebody's left better at left tackle than he is, or you know, whatever the case may be. But he's certainly a tackle. You know, I I I think maybe down the line, if you're filled at tackle and you want to try him somewhere else, I think you could because I think he's got the size and the athleticism to do that. But yeah, th- this this kid is someone who will get first, second, third crack at being a left or a right tackle. So that's Ohio State's seventh commitment in its 2025 recruiting class. And its fifth top 100 commit, it joins Devin Sanchez, Zahir Mathis, Tavian St. Clair, and Blake Woodby as the top 100 recruits in that class. That class, that commitment also takes Ohio State from the number six class right now. They jump Clemson, Auburn, and Oklahoma for number three behind Notre Dame and LSU in the recruiting rankings. We're going to take a quick break here on Buckeye Talk. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some other things that have been happening around the recruiting circle, including a commitment that was postponed and a quarterback that Andrew went to go visit over this pa- over the past week, given all the news that has come out of Ohio State's quarterback room. We'll get more into that when we come back here on Buckeye Talk. And we're back here on Buckeye Talk. Stephen Means and Andrew Gillis. We're talking Ohio State football recruiting. Get the text, 614-350-3315. All news, all analysis, all everything to your phone first before anywhere else. Two-week free trial, 399 After that, the next thing I want to bring up here, Andrew, Dorian Brew, the number 21 player and the number four cornerback, 
Ohio na- native, strong ties to the program through his his mom who ran track at Ohio State was actually pretty good as a track runner at Ohio State. When Devin Sanchez, the number two cornerback in the class, committed to Ohio State, it seemed like it was about to spark a run. The number six player over number two cornerback out of Texas works out with Dorian Brew. They're pretty good friends. And it felt like when Devin Sanchez made his decision at the beginning of the month and Dorian Brew set a commitment date, which was I believe January 24th, if I'm remembering that correctly, yes. that it felt like Ohio State was about to get basically spend the month getting two five star cornerbacks and having a two five star cornerback class for the first time since 2017. That commitment didn't happen, except Dorian Brew decided to postpone his commitment date. Is that a good or a bad thing for Ohio State that Dorian Brew is deciding to put off that decision? I think it's a bad thing in the way that. I, you know, from everything you read and everything you kind of hear that the um, the commitment was kind of trending in Ohio State's favor. Um, you know, it did look good for Ohio State in that regard. But you also want to take into account that he was going to commit on January 24th and he wasn't going to sign for 11 months. So y- you can kind of say like, you know what, it's a it's a bad thing because I think he would have committed to Ohio State. but that doesn't mean his commitment would have been completely shut down. You know, it doesn't mean that it's over at that point. So I, I think it's, it's not a positive development, but it's also, I don't really think it's a huge deal. Um, you know, it, the report that came out two, four, seven sports was the one that had it, you know, he was, del- he was postponing his commitment. Um, he wants to take a little more time to quote, talk to schools and take a few visits and then go from there. Um, I don't see anything. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, you know, he can take as much time as he wants, as much time as he needs. Um, I still think Ohio State has a nice inside track to Dorian Brew. Um, you know, you mentioned the Sanchez point. He's from Ohio. Like he, he, you know, he played here uh, or he played in the state, I should say. His mom's a member of the Ohio State Athletic Hall of Fame. She was a sprinter at Ohio State. Like, there's, there's so much to like about Dorian Brew as a player, as a prospect. And you have to feel confident with Tim Walton. Yeah. Like we've, we've mentioned this for the last handful of cycles that Tim Walton is just hitting home run after home run with these recruiting classes. So you have to feel confident in what he can do and what he can bring, um, you know, to the recruiting cycle. And if it just takes a while to bring in Dorian Brew, then it just takes a while to bring in Dorian Brew. I, um, you know, I, I think you you have to just be patient here with with kind of his process. And, um, you know, I still think that um, Ohio State is is in a pretty decent spot when it comes to landing him. I think it's an indifferent thing right now. And it depends on how long this postponement is. If this decision comes within the next month, it's like, OK, I just needed a little bit more extra time because you remember right. Justin Scott in the 2024 class. He originally had a commitment date set in January as well. And he postponed it. And that was a good thing for Ohio State that he postponed it. It yeah. gave them more time to make up ground in that race. And it eventually yeah, paid he, off with he a was commitment. About ready to commit a, to Notre Dame, yeah. Yeah. And so it, it provided a, a surprise commitment in, in June. Now, obviously, it didn't make it to signing day, but I mean, for reasons that feel like NIL were motivated behind that concept of why he didn't. But the, the, the idea of you got a kid to hold off that gave you more time to make up ground to potentially win this recruiting battle. We've seen Ohio State be on the receiving end of that. 
And if Ohio State's got the lead right now and it feels like there were other schools telling him to hold off, hold off, hold off, and he holds off for six months, then that's probably not a good thing for Ohio State. But Mm -hmm. assuming that this probably still happens within the next 30 to 40 days or so, which isn't off the table, this doesn't have to mean anything other than a kid just wanted to make sure he was making the right decision for him and not just, you know, getting caught up in the momentum that can feel like can happen with recruiting sometimes where it kind of topples on top of each other. So that's a Dorian Brew update. He's still expected to be an Ohio State Buckeye commit, but we'll see. We'll see as this continues to trend into the spring. Maybe they get him back on campus in the spring. Maybe he shows up in the summer for an official visit, but we'll see. But for right now, Dorian Brew still out there undecided with Ohio State very much steadily in the race. That's basically the news portion of this pod. And now we're going to get into Tavian St. Clair, who is – now the most interesting man in the world <laughs> as the quarterback in the 2025 recruiting class. And he is now watching a quarterback room that has five players in it, has a new coach in it, a new offensive coordinator and Tavian St. Clair, number 56 player, number four quarterback in the country, who, as you mentioned, Andrew, has shot up the rankings over the last eight months since he committed to Ohio State. You went down to Bellavontaine to talk with Tavian St. Clair. I know you've been down there a couple of times, but you went down there a couple last week to talk with him. What did he think about all the new changes that have happened in within Ohio State's quarterback room over the past month and a half? Yeah, so you know, one of the things that we talked about, obviously, kind of right from the get-go, was was Bill O'Brien. And, you know, he said, I kind of knew going in, you know, he, he talked about kind of what he knew about him going in and and kind of he was like, I, you know, I kind of knew you know, who he was and and some of the things that he'd done and, and kind of what his past looked like. But one of the things that Tavian said he was really impressed by was the people that Bill O'Brien has coached with and kind of the level of experience that he has. You know, Tavian mentioned, he's like, you know, look, Ohio State has, you know, they've developed great quarterbacks as good as anybody in, in the last, you know, 10, 15 years in the college level. And, you know, that is a tradition that, you know, I want to keep going and that we all want to keep going. And he feels really good about Bill O'Brien, because one of the things, like I said, was that he looked at Bill Belichick and he looked at, you know, all of these Nick Saban and all of these other coaches that Bill O'Brien has coached with and, you know, been on a staff with and been in a room with and meeting rooms with and kind of learned from. And that really was impressive to him. And, you know, he said, you know, one of the things he told me was that I I think they got the right guy for the job. Now, obviously, I don't think Tavian St. Clair is going to be like, I don't know. I'm curious to see. Let's wait and see. Um, You know, but uh, I I think that does matter when you're talking to high school kids. You've got, you know, a guy who has been there, who has kind of done this, and he's going into an Ohio State team with a bevy of talent, you know, like – the Ohio State receiving core in 2024 is probably better than the Ohio, than the New England Patriots receiving core of 2023, and uh, yeah, like you have a Buka, and Emeka Buka would probably been the number one receiver in in New England. Like you're gonna have some talent increase for for Bill O'Brien. You're gonna have a lot to work with. So I think when he shows up, um, you know that's gonna be kind of a nice surprise for him and a nice kind of you know change of pace for him. And I think with Tavian and with some of the quarterbacks, you know, they kind of like the experience that he's going to bring from everything that he's coached in from that's the NFL, the big 10, just the people that he's been with, the, co- the players that he's coached, you know, uh, that's, um, that's obviously a big positive for him. 
Um, you know, he mentioned, you know, I, well, I asked him about, you know, the quarterback room, you know, he said he has a great relationship with air. Um, you know, he's been, you know, kind of building that relationship for a while. Uh, he doesn't really know Julian for obvious reasons. Uh, Julian just showed up. He was committed to Alabama, and then he just showed up at Ohio State. Um, so he said he wants to get to meet him and, and get to know him a little bit better. Um, but, you know, he he did kind of give you the the same old, same old that you would expect, you know, talking about the competition of the quarterback room and how, you know, it's a great thing that Ohio State is bringing in some of the elite of the elite players in the country. You know, he mentioned, too, you know, he's like, look, I, I think I'm, you know, one of the best players in the country as well. So, you know, he kind of puts himself in that mix with Aaron Nolan and with Julian Sand. And, um, you know, he, he spoke very complimentary of both guys and kind of talked about, how um you know how he thinks it's a good thing that Ohio State's kind of bringing in this level of talent at quarterback. I, I understand he was at the Junior Day two weeks ago yes. down in Ohio State, and he had a chance to interact with Bill O'Brien. What were just his impressions of those early conversations? Well, you know, he like I said, you know, that was you know kind of what I touched on. Those were the the things that he was really impressed by. Um, you know, because Bill mm-hmm. O'Brien kind of talked to him about his past, who he was, where he's coached, and things like that. And, and that was what Tavian really kind of took away from that was that wow, you know, look at what this guy has done in the past and look at who this guy has coached with and coached at and, and kind of everywhere he's been throughout Bill O'Brien's travels. I mean, we documented that obviously when, um, you know, when Ohio State hired him. But, you know, that that was probably the the number one thing for Tavian was the experience kind of aspect from Bill and just kind of learning about his background and, and being impressed by, you know, kind of the stops that he's had along his coaching career. So does he think this is crazy? There's five quarterbacks. In I didn't the room. get that vibe. One yeah. of them. Okay. Like, what, yeah, what I didn't he, get that vibe. I'm just like, trying to get an understanding like, of. Man, he's nuts. Okay, so like, what is he? Because you got to be one competitive dude to sign up to be in this room, right? Because mm-hmm. craziest scenario that works out here is that he's still coming into a room next spring that still has two five star quarterbacks in it who are a year older than him. And more than likely, just because of how Ohio State recruits, they're going to have a highly rated guy coming in behind him. But this is insane. It's from If you were looking at it from the outside in without any context whatsoever, and someone just said, hey, this college team has five scholarship quarterbacks battling to be the starting quarterback, and we're not even sure what's, how this is going to work out. Probably one person would think it is crazy. So how does he? what's his mindset with that? How is he approaching that? Is he excited about the opportunity to compete in that room? Like, what is when he looks at what's taking place right now and also what's going to potentially be there waiting for him when he gets here, how does he envision this working for him and how he maybe is approaching things? Well, you know, he he mentioned that he was excited to compete, you know, kind of with and against some of these guys. I think that was kind of the the thing that the gist of that conversation with, with Tavian was that, you know, when you talk about a group like that, you know, you are getting the best of the best from everybody and that kind of makes everybody better. And that was kind of the, that was kind of the gist of that conversation. That was kind of the generics of it. Um, You know, we didn't really go too deep into, you know, what does that mean for you? You know, he, he was just kind of very, you know, I would say basic about it. You know, we, we didn't really go super deep into the weeds about that, but Personally, and this is me. This is me speaking now. Personally, I don't think you can worry about that if you're a if you're a you know a commit going in, at least as someone of Tavian's year. You know, I made the case that you know on a previous pod that like there are decisions that you're going to have to make eventually, and there you know there are decisions that some guys just have to make a quarterback because they 
they have to see the writing on the wall. You know, you can, there's a difference between kind of sticking it out and seeing it through and also kind of understanding where you stand. And um, Tavian doesn't have to worry about that right now because quarterback rooms can fluctuate so frequently that I don't think Tavian should really worry about that. Like if, if, if I were to give unsolicited advice, which no one is asking for, which Tavian is not asking for, which no one is asking for, my unsolicited advice would be don't worry about it because Julian Sain and Aaron Nolan are good enough to be the crown jewel of any recruiting class in the country. They're elite five-star level quarterbacks. So again, not to say that one of these dudes has to leave, but if, you know, Aaron Olin wins the job and, you know, and he's the clear number one, you would kind of assume that one of those guys is gone. You know, you would, you would kind of assume that one of Aaron Julian is not going to be around. And, you know, I understand there are other things that could happen, you know, that, you know, somebody gets injured or, you know, somebody may take a little bit longer and they still want to stick it through. There's a lot of other kind of permutations that could happen here. But, you know, assuming everything kind of stays on track here, Will Howard's going to go and then maybe, I mean, are Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz still going to be around? Are you going to have one? Are you going to have one of those guys around? You can have none of those guys around. I, I don't know the answer to that question. I think we would probably say that it's, you know, you might see a transfer out of one of those guys at the end of spring practice. So one of those guys might be gone in the next couple of months. Will Howard's definitely gone. He's out of eligibility. So he's not going to be around when Tavian St. Clair shows up. And then maybe you're in a situation where one of the five stars that committed in the 2024 class is gone. And then all of a sudden this room where you're like, Oh my God, Will Howard and Lincoln Keenholz and Devin Brown and Aaron Nolan and Julian Sand. This is crazy. All of a sudden, it just looks a little bit different because Julian Sand asserted himself as the number one quarterback at Ohio State, and he's going to be a, a sophomore going into the 2025 season. And then, you know, Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholz, Will Howard, and Aaron Nolan are all gone. And that's fine. Like that that's just the way it happens. Nobody's going to cry if Ohio State has a five-star quarterback that you know you have for at least 2 years that you look at it as a, as an elite level player, as one of the best players in the country in his class. So with Tavian, I don't think you can really focus on that yet. I think it's a little bit too early to kind of look around at the room and be like, "Oh man, this is this is crazy. There's just so many guys in this room because it's not going to end this way when he shows up. There, there will not be like, I can personally guarantee or not guarantee. I don't want to guarantee anything. I will say strongly that I feel that Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholz, Aaron Nolan, and Julian Sayan and Tavian St. Clair. I don't think all five of those dudes are going to be around for the first snap of the 2025 season. He marked it down. So when it happens, you can all yell at him. 614-350-3315. So what's, Tavian's from 45 minutes away from the campus. So are we just expecting to just see him walking around the campus pretty much pretty regularly over the next year or so? Yeah. So I asked him about that. I was like, is that, I asked him, I was like, is that a positive or a negative? You know, is, is it a positive to get away and, and kind of want to be away from home a little bit? Or, or like, is it a positive, I should say, in the way of you're so close, you have such you have family close by, everybody can see you, you know, you're close to home, you can run home and grab dinner with friends that you, you can kind of be around everything. Or do you want to get away a little bit? Do you want to kind of 
separate home and school. And and he kind of was like, look, it's a great positive for me just because I can go to every game. You know, the junior days for him are, you know, right down the road. He has family close by. He has friends close by. You know, he mentioned on a couple different occasions, like the support that he has from everyone in Bell Fountain. He was telling me that he signs autographs for kids and like parents were asking him for like pictures of him like signed so they could give to their kids for Christmas. Like this is a community thing that is they 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 love Tavian St. Clair both as a person and as a player obviously. Um you know this is a community that really really rallies around this guy and he loves having that close by and I think that that is something for him that is going to be beneficial so he plans to be here. He was, he's going to be probably at every home game. You know, it's only 45 minutes away. Like you said, you can come down. I mentioned this, I wrote a story about this for the site last week where, you know, I talked about all the different players that he's going after and all the different players that are, that he's trying to recruit um, to Ohio state. He can get on campus and bring those dudes in and, and try and tell those kids about why that's, you know, the school for them and why Ohio state should be the program for them. So yeah, I, I think you can expect to see a lot of Tavian St. Clair over these next couple of months. So Andrew's been texting out a lot of this information, 614-350-3315, two-week free trial, 399 after that. And go to cleveland.com slash OSU. He's been writing a lot of this stuff up as well. So that, that's going to just wrap up this recruiting part. Not a, a big, heavy-duty one, just some news things that have happened and just an update on Tavian St. Clair and how he feels about everything that's happened around Ohio State over the last couple of weeks here, especially within that quarterback room. This is your Monday pod. It should be an interesting week of pods as well as we explore other things, big picture things and small picture things. We might be talking with some players this week as well. So get the text, 614-350-3315, two-week free trial, 399 after that. For Andrew Gillis, I'm Stephen Means, and that was Buckeye Talk.